0: Welcome to Power Surge from the Center for Industrial Progress. I am Alex Epstein, coming to you from Las Vegas, and joined by Stefan Henn, coming to you from Germany. Stefan, welcome. Hello, thank you. All right, three big stories today. I think the first one is about tariffs. Take it away. Uh,
1: yeah, there are two stories about tariffs. Uh, one is from the U.S. Commerce Department that has on uh, Tuesday imposed a tariffs on imports of Chinese solar panels, and um, the duties range from 1856 to 35.21%. And this has been deemed necessary because uh, previously imposed tariffs in 2012 um, um, were undercut by re-imports from Chinese solar panels. And uh, the reason for these tariffs is stated that the Chinese are subsidizing their production of solar panels and that it's unfair to domestic producers in the United
0: States. So, so, I mean, we often hear that, you know, solar panels are these amazingly uh, fast developing market and yet here they're saying, it's a, there's always this, all this bragging that the prices are so low and then here they're saying the prices are too low and that's the problem, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's interesting that so many uh, advocates of solar panels say, Hey, look at the market prices declining so fast, and uh, then you take a look at the, you know, imp- imports from China, which are particularly cheap, and uh, you see that they are subsidized, and now they try to punish it.
0: Uh, yeah, and I mean, the it's just interesting how when these news stories are reported, there's a narrative that the reporter has that he or she wants to be true, such as solar panels are going through this revolutionary price reduction. And there's little to no investigation uh, into the cause of it. So is it just flat innovation? Is it, or is there some sort of government intervention? Did the Chinese government help contribute to the production of too many and now now they need to dump them at a lower price? Uh, But then it only comes out now because then the U.S. manufacturers uh, are complaining so in terms of policy I mean are we well I guess we're in agreement that just all these subsidies should be scrapped but that we shouldn't that if China wants to subsidize solar panels that's you know we can take the gift of fairly not very good energy so.
1: yeah they're you know they are subsidized in so many ways especially uh, especially the domestic producers in the United States uh, that did like tax credits and um, loans and so on. And it's also interesting to see uh, where the majority of panels comes from uh, in China. They use a lot of cheap coal power to produce them. So imagine that wouldn't be possible. Yeah, I mean,
0: imagine that they were using solar to produce solar. Yeah, right. <laughs> Have a very low nightly production.
1: Yeah. Very uh, expensive batteries, probably, to compensate for that. Um, okay. Related to that is another story, uh, which is actually a few days old. Um, two Ohio senators, uh, Sherrod Brown, a Democrat, and Rob Portman, a Republican, have written a letter to the Obama administration, saying, "quote We write to express serious concern about recent action taken by the Indian government that will have harmful consequences." For US solar photovoltaic manufacturing facilities and effectively close to close the Indian solar market to American PV companies. And that relates to tariffs imposed by the Indian government on US solar panels. So, on the one hand, you know, American politicians are complaining about the Indian uh, tariffs for US production, but they are also, um, imposing tariffs on Chinese production. So it's hypocritical, I would say.
0: And so is, there, is their basis the same in the sense of we're subsidizing a bunch of solar panel manuf-
1: manufacturing? Yeah, they are Yeah, they are also complaining that this, uh, like, subsidizing and um, the penetration of the Indian market would be bad for the Indian economy
0: because we're making the solar panels or because it's not a
1: an efficient energy source no because uh the us has such a strong uh solar industry apparently.
0: so it's somewhat of a nationalist thing
1: yeah shut shutdown of, of foreign competition well that
0: always works well
1: yeah <laughs> as we can observe in the near future Yeah. Uh, Um,
0: All right. What else do we have going on?
1: Um, Yeah, there's a story from Chile where um, the Chilean uh, minister of energy, uh, newly appointed, by the way, um, sees natural gas as a dominant factor in Chilean energy in the near future. And the problem is that Chile... uh, consumes a lot of oil and gas, but doesn't produce as much. And uh, Chilean uh, government is considering increasing things like uh, hydraulic fracturing and direction drilling with technology from the United States uh, to copy the shale boom and increase its domestic production.
0: Yeah, I like the quote from the story, we are the poorest country in South America in terms of fossil fuels, unquote you know yeah. implying that it would be good to be richer in terms of yeah. fossil fuels and then embracing the technology that would turn what was a non-resource a shale into uh into a resource so occasionally chile does something good
1: um yeah and there's also a relation to uh u.s uh liquefied natural gas exports uh, which is a hot issue today in the united states because politicians are you no, know, discussing whether or not they should approve uh, export terminals for natural gas, which would be good for the domestic producers, of course, to access the international market.
0: It's remarkable how every slow everything is because of these, because of th- this decision-making process, so to speak. I mean, with Keystone, it's just insane because you think about what the company is doing. Uh, transcanada the company making the pipeline and then the people who sign contracts you know they're they're deciding on a certain timetable this makes sense given these market conditions but you delay something six seven years everything changes and so how do you how do you plan if you don't know whether the plan starts uh, in a year or if it starts in seven years or never and you know with the LNG stuff as well it's it's you know there are these market conditions right now that seem to make sense to export, and that could potentially change the global market. But if you wait X number of years, that might things just might shift in a different direction. Um, companies might go out of business, and then they can't they don't produce as much gas. I don't know, but um, I had this I have this concept that I used in an article a while back: "Energy at the Speed of Thought," which is the idea that when comp- energy companies have ideas. They need to be able to act on them as soon as possible and to learn as soon as possible. And the, the rate of learning and the rate of progress is just completely slowed by these, quote, decision makers who uh, you know, decide, whether, decide how much freedom they're going to take
1: away. My suspicion is that much of this is um, anticipated by the companies and a lot of projects never get proposed because of it. Because I already know this will lead to a political fight in the United States or some other country they want to invest in. And so we don't actually see how many projects are canceled in planning phase because before they are actually proposed.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I'd imagine a lot of them might be on the more innovative side too. So things where there's not as much precedent and... The safest things are are more in the category of, okay, the government already approved this exact thing, but what if you have a new mining technology? What are you going to have to go through to get that passed? Uh, I mean, you know, the modern shale thing was, I've talked about, it was almost lucky in the sense that the Obama administration had virtually no awareness of it, so they couldn't ban it. But, no, imagine it had really been announced years in advance as a separate category of project. Who knows what would have happened? Um, All right, let's go to North Dakota. So just as context, uh, let's see, I visited North Dakota um, September, I think it was September of last year, and I got to meet with a couple of the regulators and the people in government. It was fascinating because they were so much more rational than people in other governments, uh, including someone named Lynn Helms, who directs the state's oil and gas division. And there was this controversy about something called flaring. So, Stefan, what is flaring and what's going on?
1: Yeah, Flaring is um, essentially the burning of natural gas that comes out of the well. Um, It is primarily done because a lack of infrastructure to capture and transport the natural gas away um, while drilling for oil. Because currently in the United States, the oil is much more valuable, um, and the infrastructure is not um, on par with the production facilities for, or drilling facilities for oil and gas. And um, yeah, the the gas has to go somewhere, and um, flaring is actually also a safety measure. No, you you can't just let some explosive gas come out of the well in an uncontrolled manner. Um, yeah, and in North Dakota, the regulators actually, um, concluded they need to do something against the practice of flaring because in North Dakota, because production has gone up rapidly in recent years and uh, the infrastructure isn't there yet to capture all that natural gas and natural gas prices are low right now on the market. So, um, In North Dakota, it is estimated uh, like 30% of gas production actually flat, which is high compared to the rest of the country, which is a couple of percent. Um, And just to give some details, uh, beginning October 1st, uh, these new regulations will uh, be instated, and uh, the state expects 74% of gas production by October 1st, and 90% by October 1st, 2020, uh, to be captured. And there will be a permission scheme for producers and uh, they have to adhere to these or they will be limited in the amount uh, of production. Amount.
0: Yeah, and the, uh, this, is a, this view is an illustration, I think, of what's wrong with the view of resources that people have. And I talked to a lot of people in North Dakota about this. And one, a lot of these, almost none of these guys are, are believers in catastrophic climate change. But there's this idea that we'll, we're wasting the gas. You know, we've got this gas resource and we're wasting it, and there's something uh, wrong with that. And the point is that, <clears throat> no, wasting it because it's not a resource in, insofar as you can't economically uh, connect it to um, anything I mean it would be just as if you know you you had to use a natural gas powered vehicle to haul a bunch of oil I mean it's not wasted it's just it's part of it's a part of the process which maybe you can make the process more efficient in the, in the case of the example I named by having something like a pipeline uh, which obviously people are against but um, it's it's the it, it's it's this view that It's all, we just have a certain fixed amount of resource in the ground, and we have to be very careful about using every little bit of it. Um, And really, the the state of the natural gas, you mentioned with flaring, I call it safety flaring, because the original thing with natural gas was it was a a big safety hazard associated with drilling for oil, since the oil and gas often exist together, and the gas could be very explosive. And it was a big innovation even to be able to... um, What's the other technology that's not flaring? Uh, venting. Yeah, venting. Exactly. Yeah. So to even just be able to deal with the pressure and to not to have it not explode. So this this is a, um, a a safety measure. So it's the kind of thing where my my view and what I told them is, look, if anyone says that you're wasting gas, tell them they are welcome to come and claim it and sell it. And if they can't, then they should uh, shut up because every, every process has. Some kind of byproduct or waste product. And part of what makes it waste in a given context is that you don't have, you can't make it valuable to somebody else. And fortunately, over time, innovation allows you to do that. So with oil, it used to be that certain parts of uh, the barrel you couldn't use, and now you can use um, every part of the barrel, including for th- amazing things like plastics. Um, and here you can imagine, to go back to another story, let's say that if, if we're actually allowed to export natural gas, that would that would that would have all things being equal lead to a higher price point which would allow for people around the world for for US producers to get higher prices for their product and for more people around the world to have it and that might lead to more it to be more economic to uh, connect some of these wells to natural gas system So that that's the kind of proactive policy but here instead it's just restrict 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 and any kind of pretext uh, they'll take so, uh, my guess is that would have. I have no inside information, but my guess is that in North Dakota, um, you know, they're trying to do something to just appease the attackers. Um, but you know, a lot, a lot of the attacking stuff is. But but the attackers know that this is such an amazing market, so they're looking for ways to attack it, including ways that that appeal to the sensibilities of the the producers. So um, I hope that this. Do, I hope. I don't know. How, I hope this isn't as destructive as I, I think, but you're talking about restricting production, that is really destructive. And, and this, this idea, this kind of idea of fl- flaring is bad, we're wasting, you can use that with any kind of thing. And they use it with oil sands, they'll say, well, this takes more energy to produce than other kinds of oil. And that's not the way to think about it. The way to think about it is, is this valuable? And that means do its outputs, exceed its inputs. So let people free to try, let them sell out on the market if you can do a better job. If you can if you can profitably transform their waste into wealth, as Pierre Durachet would put it, great. Um, but the opponents are not doing that. They're just trying to destroy the creation of wealth. Uh, any further thoughts, Stefan?
1: Well, in recent years, we have seen attacks from the... Uh Green movement on natural gas because they think coal is actually defeated, nuclear is defeated. Now they are take on gas, which they promoted previously as a good alternative to coal and other energy produce, uh, production fuels. Um, and now they take on natural gas. And the arguments are interesting because they are blocking the pipelines that have to be used to transport that natural gas away and to refine it. Um, as well. So they are not interested in a solution. They are just, you know, attacking production from any angle possible. You know, block the infrastructure, block the production, block the production of oil. Um, yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not a, it's not a strategy that will lead to anything positive and productive. It's just destroy, destroy, destroy.
0: Yeah, it's not that happy. No, to end on, um, but it is it is a dynamic, and I guess this is a good time to plug Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, because um, p- particularly at the end, there's a chapter about the nature of the green movement and why you need to understand it, and why this idea of, of being green, of not impacting our environment, is, is toxic in any, in any dose. Um, and what happens is a consistent movement just opposes all kinds of impacts, including impacts that improve human life. And they're always trying to rationalize it by saying, oh, it's not really improving human life to bruise a whole bunch of oil that you're using to you know, grow crops and take yourself amazing places. It's somehow damaging, but really they're just starving, they're starving us uh, of prosperity and progress by starving our machines of, of energy. And that's the whole point, because machines impact our environment. That's what they do but for the better for human beings if your standard of life is human beings. But if your standard of life is non-human beings, then machines and energy uh, are bad. So It's important to know that that's what's, what's driving it. Or, um, what, another way to put it in software terms is that what bothers environmentalists about energy sources or fossil fuels are not the bugs in the sense of allegedly CO2 emissions and sulfur and what have you. It's the feature. That they're really good at transforming the world around us. That's what they're against. All right, good times. So we should be back uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is Independence Day. So we'll have to think of something special for an Independence Day edition of Power Surge. Uh, we'll only have one American on the show, but uh, Stefan is an honorary American, and if only our politicians understood America as well as as well as. Uh, he did. So, Stefan, uh, thanks for coming. We'll talk tomorrow.
1: Thank you. Until